the pace of life left you feeling burned out and empty? Do you want to get your life back? If so, good news, it's possible. Let's talk about it with John Eldridge on Steve Brown, etc. He's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc. Hey, everybody. It is Steve Brown, etc. And technically speaking, it is etc., which is Steve Brown, etc., minus Steve Brown. Dr. Brown is still away on vacation. Just pick the best time possible to go on vacation when there's nowhere to go. But hey, that's on him. It's all good. He'll be here next week. So don't fear. Do not despair. We will continue on. We have a great show for you uh, today, but more on that in a second. Uh, our favorite megachurch pastor, Mr. Zach Van Dyke, is here. Welcome, Zach. Hey, I don't know. Can you call it a mega church when people don't aren't there? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe it's even more mega because you've got all these extra people yeah. online who can never yeah. fit inside the pews. Or we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We just came off our holiday weekend, so mm-hmm. I, I have to know, Zach. How many times exactly did you watch Hamilton? Yeah, I knew oh, you were going to ask that you did, this morning. Actually. This morning, <laughs> uh, I almost completed my fifth viewing of it. So excellent. Excellent. Only you got to know it by heart now, right? Yeah. I mean, I already did, but yes, yeah. I've got to yeah. watch yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have to watch this thing eventually. I have no idea what it's about. I don't know. I don't know. That was uh, Jinx, our producer. He's working hard in his little drywall booth instead of a little glass booth. And uh, Jinx is my hero. He's so laid back. And if he were any more laid back, I think he would actually be lying down. Yes, sir. I actually am lying down. Yes. I rearranged all the furniture and everything so that I could lay down and it looked like I'm sitting up. It's working. It's working. Our video director is Mr. John Myers. And uh, John is truly a wild at heart kind of guy. He saw a Captain America t-shirt he wanted last week and he bought it. Just just like that. Like a, <laughs> like a tiger taking down its prey. Just, man. He sees it. He does it, man. I like it. Dr. George Bingham is the president of Key Life. George wants me to remind you that if you send enough money to Key Life, you can actually hire a real joke writer. <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll, we'll be looking for a good deal on that, though. Yeah. Yeah. And Kathy Wyatt, of course, is the soft feminine side of the program. Look at Kathy's new book, Mild at Heart. Make those checks to Key Life Network. P.O. Box 5000. Hey, listen, Matthew, Ontario. Matthew, I've been I've been researching, um, you know, some different some different recipes and stuff so that if we ever do get back together in the studio, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can bring something in for everybody. And you'll be pleased to know that yesterday on the Internet, we all know how responsible and reliable that is. I found 62 recipes for different kinds of s'mores wow yeah so it's gotta I'm, be all of them right well i'm yeah i'm gonna do my best i'm gonna start working on them nice well speaking of doing our best we're gonna do our best to bring you a great show today because we have for you one of my favorite authors mr john eldridge john is a best-selling author counselor and teacher he serves as president of Ransomed Heart, a ministry devoted to helping people discover the heart of God 
recover their own hearts in God's love and learn to live in God's kingdom. His latest book is called Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. Welcome, John. Thanks, guys. Good to be back here with you. I always Excellent. enjoy this. Super good. Yeah, it's laid back. We're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Um, it's so interesting. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to get into what the book is about, and, and I want to hear about where that came from. But just the subtitle, you know, maybe you have to make a case for like, what does it mean to get your life back? And help me understand what that means. But the subtitle, A World Gone Mad, just from right there, you're like, I'm in. I mean, <laughs> I'm sold. There's, there's no, there's no argument wrote, here. And I wrote that before the pandemic. I know. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what's got to be so weird is that you've written this book. It's so timely and it has landed right at a time where people, two things, one, people have more time away to kind of get into what the book's about, but also there's never been more to be stressed about than, than what's going on. Why don't you tee it up for us? What's the book about and, 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 and where did this start? What was the origin for this? Well, yeah, it is, it is about the world gone mad and what it does to us. I just, um, I found myself doing what everybody does, spending way too much time on technology, running way too fast in the pace of life way too dialed into the news and it, it you know was really beginning to fry me and mm. i started doing some reading in that um like steve carr's book uh the shallows he almost won the pulitzer for it what the internet's doing to our brains and i, I knew it was frying me but then to discover the data that no this actually is frying you like mm. like the you know diminishment of our attention span and the stress levels, everybody's running on cortisol and just that sense of, um, I'm cooked. I'm cooked by the world. Well, it happened to me. I got cooked and I didn't like it. Um, I wanted to go get my life back. I never intended to write this book, by the way, honest, it wasn't in the publishing plan. And, um, but I did, I did go do some things to get a little bit more sanity back in my life and get a healthier way in, in my in my day to day. And it was so wonderful. It was so helpful that then I thought, you know, this might be helpful for my friends who, who read my stuff. So then the book came, but it really came after the process. Hmm. That's hmm. Uh, that's good stuff. I know, uh, you know, I, I see like a stressful day. I just, I just want to kind of like relax a little bit and you kind of find yourself watching. Oh, I just watched two hours of YouTube or and I'm like, it's like eating a bag of Cheetos. It's like, I am no longer hungry, but uh, I'm nothing close to what I would call satisfied. Um, <laughs> exactly. Particularly with social media and social media. It's, it's not just like content that's assaulting us. There's really kind of a chemical kind of component to it, right? What's, what's, what's social media's role in this idea of just being burned out <clears throat> and overwhelmed? Yeah. So um, among the other things that I do, I've been a Christian therapist for 30 years, and I began to get really troubled at some of the data that was coming in. Now there's an overwhelming body of, of research that shows direct correlation, one-to-one -one correlation between rising rates of anxiety and depression and people's mm. use of social media. Mm. And I'm like, look, we were already fragile human beings before like why are we doing this to ourselves Be because the the good news is a lot of this you could actually opt out 
like mm. we're not we're not talking about incarceration here for most of us. We're we're not in turn in camps. You know, these are these are lifestyle choices we've made, gotten sucked into, gotten addicted to. But um, yeah, social media is not only anxiety and depression rise directly with your use of social media, but so does envy. Mm. There's like research on, on the power of envy and social media. And so you're like, why don't do that. Don't do that to yourselves. You have Mm. a choice. Yeah. Yeah. We got to use that choice. I I, I had an experience recently where uh, I knew two couples who had anniversary on the same day and couple number two had a little bit more um, elaborate, a little bit more uh, Instagram friendly and ready. And couple one thought they had an okay kind of anniversary until, oh, what? <laughs> he did what? <laughs> you know, all, all of a sudden things <laughs> kind of went down. That that uh, envy, that kind of comparison is just the opposite of of happiness, isn't it? Yeah, it takes away the joy. It really does. And and like why why would depression go up with people's use of Instagram? And what mm-hmm. well it's it's that. It it's everybody else's life looks wonderful. And and you know, now and okay, so we gotta put this in some context. So I wrote all of this, all this data, all this research, all, this was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we just put this thing on rocket fuel, like we just stomped on the accelerator. Right. Because every, everybody is stuck at home. And so now, you know, instead of four hours a day on our phones, it's 10 hours a day. And, you know, mm. in, instead of an hour, maybe in the evening on Netflix, it's binging, you know, four hours. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's Zach doing, you know, just looping. Okay. Uh, all right. Hamilton. Cool. <laughs> You're among friends. Lock the doors, guys. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like we, we, all, we all got stuck. Yeah. And, and so then we were more, and he, he, let me add one other piece to this perfect mm. storm. So we live in the midst of a perfect storm and the perfect storm is designed to fry the human soul. The other mm. piece is the news. Mm. Uh, the negative messaging has a 20 time greater impact on the human psyche than positive messaging. Okay. So, and everybody knows this, right? You, you wear a new shirt into the meeting and, you know, five people go, wow, man, that's a nice shirt. Way to go. You look good. And then the one person goes, really? What'd you pick that for? And you, what do you remember? Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 Everybody knows this. In his comment. Everybody knows this. But the thing is, is during the pandemic now daily negative messaging, you know, here's the body count. Here, here's, you know, and then, and then we add in um, the racial tension, you know, here's the latest violence, here's the latest, and that, that is frying the human soul with more levels of anxiety and depression and fear and that sort of thing. So what we're talking about today is a perfect storm mm. that's yeah. really designed, it's going to cook us. It is going to mm. cook us, but... Uh, I know I don't have to make the case that uh, that what John ta- is talking about is true. The question is, what do we do about it? That is the body of the book that we are talking about. Get your life back, everyday practices for a world gone mad. Good stuff ahead. Do not miss out. We'll see you on the other side of the break.
Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4. And we are back. This is Steve Brown, etc. Today, etc. Since Steve is gone, he will return soon. We are hanging out with John Eldridge and his new book is called Get Your Life Back. Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. Uh, in the last segment, we had talked about how the timeliness of the thing is just so very interesting. But I have to tell you, where it intersected with my life was also very interesting um, because I was as busy and over-obligated at that time early this year as I have probably ever been to the point where it's like one o'clock in the morning and I'm barely getting the stuff done. I'm like, God, if you could not, you know, if you could take some of this away, that would be great. And, 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 and failing that, if I could get hit by a city bus, um, not fail, you know, just a little couple days recuperation in the hospital might be, you know, worth it just to get a little <laughs> breathing room. But what I read in the book really changed things. And I know it's going to, for you guys as well. Um, as a way of springboarding into that, John, you talk about something called benevolent detachment. What It sounds fancy. What is that? Yeah, benevolent, because I, I don't want people to think um, you do it because you're ticked, you do it because you're checked out, you do it because you're cynical, but you do need to let it all go. Like, we were talking about the negative messaging and how it affects the human psyche. We're talking about way too much news content. Like we, we were over plugged in before the pandemic and now everybody, you know, you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is reach for your phone and what's the news, what's going, you know, has the governor changed the restrictions? What's happening in Italy? What's the, you know, body count in Paris? What, right. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Um, the British anthropologist, Robin Dunbar did a fascinating study of the size of the human brain and the size of global villages down through human history. And he said that human beings are made to handle the heartaches, the news, the joys, the triumph the, of a group of people, about 150 people. Mm. <clears throat> but we've all bought into this idea. And I'd love to hear Zach's thoughts on this as a mm. pastor, because we bought mm. in this idea as a concerned Christian, as a responsible human being, you are supposed to know about the suffering of the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm here as a therapist to tell you that is madness. Like you, you were never meant to know that the fires in Australia last winter killed 1.9 billion animals. Like, like that's just not. And, and so 
we're living in a time of like massive information overload, compassion fatigue, empathy fatigue. And frankly, let's be honest, the, the violence, the blow up in the, in, around the world right now is because the human soul got fried through the quarantine and, and people are popping. Okay, so benevolent detachment, the quick idea is this. Um, 1 Peter 5, 17, cast everything upon God because he cares for you. You, are, you actually are not meant to carry any of this. So a couple times a day, I just implemented a practice. And for me, one of the times is bedtime. I just say, Jesus, I give it all to you. I give you my kids. I give you the pandemic. I give you the news. I give you the world. I give you the future of our work. I give you my own financial future. I, I, can't, I can't carry it. I, I got to let it go. Benevolent, it's something I'm, I'm doing out of kindness. Detachment, because you, you got to peel off this Velcro and get the whole sticky mess off of you at least once a day. Man, that, that, yeah, I, uh, I needed to just hear that. Um, I feel like, um, you know, what, what's being required a lot now of pastors is knowing every heartache, knowing every, uh, injustice that's happening in the world. And if on Sunday you failed to address it correctly, you're in so much trouble. And, uh, and until you put words to it, just like that, I didn't realize I've been carrying around so much anxiety and tension over not, not, not just caring about the things that are happening, but making sure I communicate that care correctly. Um, you know, and, and I think part of even, um, being so connected on social media is now we know how every single one of our friends feels about everything that's happening. And that's not, that's not good for my heart. Um, uh, well, Along those lines, John, your your book, Waking the Dead, I know I'm going back to an old one, that one really like changed my life. So thank you for writing that oh, wow. book. I, I was in a real dark place and I was babysitting uh, some kids and their parents had that book sitting on their on their table and I started reading it. And it um, I think it's one of the reasons that headed me on the on the pastorate. So I also am kind of mad at you too. But um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that part. <laughs> but but the core message of that book, right, is, 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 is that we were designed to be fully alive and fully human. So I'm wondering how, um, how, deta- how this detachment actually helps us be more human, even though we know less about what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does. Because you, everybody knows this. You, when you're tapped out, when you're dry, when you're done, when you're fried, you don't love very well. Mm-hmm. Like you're not a fun person to be around. You're not a good friend. You're not a good spouse. You're not a good parent. Like when your personal resources are completely tapped out, you you don't love well. Mm-hmm. And and so this is actually a movement towards love. Yeah, I've got to let it all go. I've got to recognize the limits of my humanity each day, so that this stuff doesn't crush me. Mm-hmm. And so that I can love, so then I, I can, you know, be present to the people that are actually in the room with me. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. what I love about this is, is all the things you mentioned as, as, as worries and concerns and things that you're, uh, you want to help with. There's a time to pray for those, right? And you do bring up the specifics, but what you're saying here is, is a different kind of thing, which is, Having said all those things, having done everything I can at this point right now, 
I give this to you and you name every single thing. And that kind of relates to kind of this idea of this idea of taking a minute or so throughout the day. And maybe that's something yeah. we have to talk about more on, on the other side, but maybe can you just give us a tee that up for yep. us as far as what yep. that is? Yeah. Yeah. Here's where all this began for me. I would come to Christ in a time of prayer, my taxes, my kids, you know, a conference, <clears throat> something going on in my world. And he would say, John, give everyone and everything to me. And I go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Okay. So what we were talking about was this mm -hmm. conference that were, you know, <clears throat> and he would just repeat it. He'd say, John, give everyone and everything to me. He literally kept this up for more than a year. Mm -hmm. And I realized I'd, I'd be, the reason is because I wasn't doing it. I, I'd pray about it, but then I'd carry it and I'd obsess it and I'd think on it. Right. And, and that, that took me into the one minute. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And we will talk about that on the other side of the break. I have definitely been there. You're overwhelmed with everything. I clearly remember a time where I was praying and I was like, God, will you take these things from me? And I heard a voice going, the minute you give it to me, you ain't <laughs> taking your hands off it. Let go. Let I'm go. not going to pull it out of your hands. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about on the other side more from Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. New book from John Eldridge, important book. We got to get this right, because um, like John said, if we don't take care of our souls, there's not going to be much left of us to help other people. And we will return on the other side. You are listening to Steve Brown, etc., or as it is this week, etc. We'll see you soon. From Key Life comes two mini books. What do you do for a living? And Life After Retirement. What Do You Do for a Living by Justin Holcomb addresses the problem of defining ourselves by what we do and how we perform in our work instead of by who we know, a gracious, loving God who defines who we are. Life After Retirement by Steve Brown examines how those transitioning from work to retirement often experience a loss of purpose in life and how the quest for personal significance can best be answered by God's radical grace, love, and purpose for our lives sufficient to carry us through this transition. What do you do for a living and life after retirement can help guide people struggling with either work or retirement. These two Key Life mini books are available through keylife.org for a donation of $6. to Steve Brown, etc. We're hanging out with John Eldridge, author of Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. Find more from John at ransomedheart.com and on the Twitters at Ransomed Heart. Uh, John, talking about the uh, one minute pause that you describe in your book and, and the value of that for you and uh, so forth, Maybe you could elaborate a little more on that. And then you have developed an app that seems to have been extremely timely given the, the COVID crisis. Can, if you could oh, talk yeah. about that as well. It, yeah, it's a wild story um, because no, obviously we didn't know that we had no idea this was coming. 
but God did. And uh, we built this app back in the fall. We tested it over the winter. We released it in January. And it's built around the idea, uh, um, you know, the Hebrew word for Sabbath, as you Bible guys know, is Shabbat. And Shabbat does actually not mean rest. It means cease. It means stop. Hmm. Just stop for a second for crying out loud. Just cease this endless activity. And what I realized for me was I never stopped in my day. I, I love to go. I love people. I love excitement. I love projects. I, you know, and so I just go and, and I get up in the morning and I go and then I get home and collapse and get up tomorrow and do it again. <clears throat> Jesus said, John, I just want you to learn to pause in your day. Just stop. 60 seconds is all I'm asking for. Now, here's the crazy thing. Here's how, here's how jacked our world is. You actually have to convince people that 60 seconds is doable, <laughs> right? I'm not talking about a week off. I'm not talking about a seven-day fast. I'm talking about 60 seconds of your life. <clears throat> okay, so where it began for me was end of the day, pull in the driveway. And I don't need to jump out of my car. I, I can turn the engine off. I lay my head down on my steering wheel usually because I'm fried from the mm -hmm. day. And this is where I practice the benevolent detachment. I take 60 seconds and I just let it go. Uh, and this, be this became so life-giving. I, I realized I don't, I don't pause between phone calls. I just go phone call to phone call, email to email, text to text, boom, 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 boom. And this is what we consider to be a normal human life, by the way. Hmm. So 60 seconds, the one minute pause, we built an app to help people practice it. And <clears throat> like I said, we tested it in January, it came out, and then the pandemic hits. We have had 90,000 downloads wow. of this app. And, hmm. and on the app, there's a, there's a one minute pause, there's a three minute pause, there's a five minute, and there's actually a 10 minute pause. Hmm. And I thought, oh, no, nobody's ever going to use a 10 minute. I mean, that's, that's like asking, you know, people to become monastic. Like it, <laughs> right. they, <clears throat> there's just no way in this world during the pandemic, <laughs> the 10 minute, the 10 minute pause is the second most used wow. feature on the app next to the one minute. Like people found wow. it as a, it's a lifeline. It's a rescue. You just stop the madness for a moment mm. and get your soul back. Mm. You know, it's, um, I, I like to use, and something I got from Steve Brown, in fact, kind of um, some metaphorical imagining in, associated with prayer. And one of the things that I think of uh, every once in a while is that story of the woman who had the flow of blood for 12 years, you know, was desperately ill. And she had just the briefest little contact with Jesus, just, you know, right at the edge and the, and the power came through that all the power she needed was just in a very brief little encounter. Mm. And it kind of reminded me of your one minute pause uh, idea that, um, yeah, you can do a lot in a minute. And when it comes to God, that's really beautiful. I'd never thought of that story, George, mm. but you're right. It's, it was a touch. It was a moment. It, it, it was an encounter. And, and the beautiful thing about learning to pause for a moment, uh, a couple times a day, just learn to pause for a moment. Uh, as you do this over time, the collective fruit of it 
is so restoring. It's Psalm 23. He mm. restores my soul. Like God really, he understands the perfect storm we're living in. He knows the madness. And he also knows that most of us don't have, you know, two hours a day to devote to prayer. So he will meet you mm. if you pause. Mm-hmm. Like like that woman, he'll meet you. He's kind. He's gracious. Yeah, in in the presence of my enemies, right? Like not, after the enemies are gone, I'm gonna do all this stuff. It's like yeah. right there. It's like you you guys wait. God's got something for me. Okay, I, this, I, that's a that that's a big idea. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give a quick teaser for that. Yeah. That is a big idea because right now, um, during the pandemic, everybody's making an agreement with. Well, I I can't. I can't get a vacation. I can't get away. I can't rest. Mm. I can't, right? Like we're all making these agreements of, well, joy is over. Hope is over. Life is over. I, and go, no, no, no. Like in the presence of the madness, mm-hmm. he prepares a table for us. Mm. And what does a table mean? Food. And what does food do? It restores us. Mm. Right. Restaurant is from a French word meaning restore. So I think uh, I think God knew what He was doing when He was writing those lines through through David, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and and that actually gets to something maybe we could talk about uh, on the other side of the break, which is a revolutionary idea where you talk about the difference between relief and restoration. That threw me back in my chair. That oh, it's your bag of Cheetos, man! Oh my <laughs> gosh, I I am like okay, whatever, and I'm like oh my gosh, Eldridge, you got my number again. You did it. You did it. We'll find out on the other side of the break what we're talking about between that relief versus restoration dynamic. You are listening to Steve Brown, etc. You better come back. He was irritated when the electricity went out. No television, no music, no Netflix. Then he discovered that the battery on his smartphone was dead. He decided to make some coffee, but when he went to the kitchen, he realized that without electricity, he couldn't even do that. Then he noticed his wife in the kitchen, and he sat down and talked to her. He said later, you know, she seemed like a very nice lady. I know, I know, technology's good, but sometimes... Go talk to somebody face-to-face. You might be surprised how nice and real they are. It's messy sometimes, but Jesus would like it. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is Steve Brown, etc. And by the way, if you haven't done so already, make sure you get our free weekly email. It's kind of a big deal. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> we take the best of what we put on keylife.org and we send it to you just about every week. Sometimes there's some free stuff. Sometimes there's an early look at a video or something like that. Go to keylife.org slash subscribe to get in on that. We are talking to John Eldridge, the author of Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. I hope by now we've not only connected with you of going, this is a problem. I hope we've gone to that second stage where you go, okay, 
there's some hope here. And in fact, my problem is kind of pointing towards um, the solution. And I remember when I was reading through this book the first time, and uh, John, you 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 came across something talking about uh, contrasting relief, which is what we reach for, which is much you know just kind of just need a little relief versus the idea of restoration. And as we said on the front side of the break, that just floored me. And I knew that I had come across something that was going to change the game a bit. Talk to us about what you mean by relief versus restoration. Yeah. And let me, let me first say again, friends, as a, as a therapist, somebody needs to tell you this, dear ones, your life is traumatizing. Mm-hmm. It actually is. They, 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 to the bombardment of the negative uh, messaging, to be locked in on quarantine, to have constant uncertainty. When will this end? We don't know. What will the economy mm-hmm. do? We don't know. What's going to mm-hmm. happen with the racial reconciliation? We don't know. What, right? How many people are going to die? We don't know. Is there going to be vaccines? We, okay, so you can't do this to human beings without the effect being trauma. Mm. And so what I'm encouraging us to all think about is soul care. How mm. do we restore our souls? Mm. Because the, the, the reach, the, the instant thing for most of us is we go, we go for relief. It's the bag of Cheetos. It's the six pack of beer. It's, you know, five showings of Hamilton. Sorry, Zach. It's okay. Uh, it, it's it's all that stuff we do that like I am fried. I, my soul is crying out for some. Just just let me binge on YouTube for a while. Just let me have that third glass of wine I shouldn't have. Let me you know it's it's too much chocolate. It's whatever it is for each of us, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing about relief versus restoration is when it's over, you're not better. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the bag of Cheetos. Like I'm full, but I'm not nourished. Right. I, mm. And and for me, you know, my go to's during the pandemic have been dark chocolate and red wine. And and, you know, they have their place. They have mm. their place there. But but like too much of it. And I just feel yucky. You know, I, I don't feel good. And it's not addressing the trauma of my soul. Mm. So the contrast is restoration. And, and just look at what people do for vacation. Look at what you like to do for vacation. People go to the lake. They go to the cabin. They, they want to get on water. They go sailing. They ride bikes in, you know, in Italy. They, we do restorative things, mm. right? We're, uh, we're going to get to beauty in a moment, but we go to beautiful places so that our soul may be restored. And, and I just want folks to think about, okay, how much of my life right now is relief and, and how much is restoration? What can I do to begin to turn away from the quick bag of Cheetos, six pack of beer, you know, three hours on Netflix and do things that restore the soul? Because it doesn't take much. Hmm. There's, uh, there's phenomenal research coming out. A 20 minute walk, hmm. 20 minute walk restores the soul. It reduces the cortisol levels in your brain, in your body. Uh, and, and it, 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 that kind of thing, listening to beautiful music, right? Uh, sitting in sitting in your garden, the, the sound of water, the sound of songbirds. Like there, there are very simple things. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to get to Hawaii. You know, like we can make some choices every day to do things that are restoring our soul in the midst of this chaos. Mm-hmm. Powerful. I, 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 I did, I did buy a bird 
feeder um, during this. And I can't tell y'all how <laughs> you got to hear this. Look out my window at that bird feeder. But um, the other night I, I came uh, out and turned on the light and there were a ton of rats in the bird feeder. So. <laughs> and isn't that a beauty? Right, right. It's so, it so, so metaphorical. Right, yeah. right. Maybe you should and have asked cayenne pepper. John, I think you, I think you already touched on it, but I, but I was going to ask because you about the issue of the, when you talk about restoration, um, you, you did bring up the restoration, restoring power of beauty and what, what exactly, and I was interested in that. What exactly do you mean by that? So here's a cool thing. People in hospitals recover sooner, are released sooner they need less pain medication if they simply have a window that mm. looks on nature isn't that mm. fascinating like god mm-hmm. god knew that the that the world was going to be traumatizing to the human soul he knew that and the body um and the spirit he knew that and so he saturated the world with beauty because beauty heals the soul beauty restores the soul you go to psalm 23 he restores my soul. Well, where did God do that for David? It, it was meadow and stream. It, it was the beauty of wildflowers. It was the sound of a brook. And th- this is so extraordinary. If I could just recommend two things that your listeners do, uh, of all the stuff in the book, it would be benevolent detachment. It would be a couple times a day. You just got to go, okay, I give it all back. God. Like I truly, honestly let it go. I can't fix the world. I can't fix my kids. I can't, I just give it back. And the second thing would be beauty because of, because of the constant assault, because of the media news, because of the traumatizing nature of the world we live in right now, you must get beauty back into your life. And, and again, it's so it's cheap. It's free. It's sunlight coming through the window in the kitchen in the morning in your cup of coffee. It's, Zach, listening to the songbirds, right? And putting a feeder out. It, it, it is sitting on your porch in the evening and just letting the cool breeze blow. It, very simple choices to get beauty back into your world and let it heal your soul. Mm. That is so powerful and, 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 and simple and within reach. And, and really, that's the premise of the whole book. Like you said, we've kind of just touched on two of those. But that's the, the, the bulk of the book are just a handful of simple practices that you can incorporate into everyday life to start restoring your soul and finding your way back. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. One more simple thing, folks, is get off the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get off the news. It's frying yeah. you. I know it is for me. You can't that's, do anything about it. So rough. John, that is good stuff. Again, we have just scratched the surface of uh, what is in this book. Um, if you've been listening this whole hour, you guys, I don't have to sell you on the problem, but I hope you're starting to see what the answer is. It's God. It's these little moments. It's not looking for some grand, elaborate kind of thing. It's taking a tiny moment to find the restoration that God offers instead of the cheap substitute of relief, which we, I personally uh, find myself reaching for um, quite often. And it's a, it's a missed opportunity. God wants us to give us a lot more. John, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I love you guys. I love you guys. I love your show. Thank you so much. Get the book guys, read it, share it, get a little group together. You're going to love it. We'll see you on the other side. 
Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4. And welcome back. Uh, you are listening to Steve Brown, etc. Thank you for spending this hour with us. And speaking of spending, next time you are buying something on Amazon, you can help Key Life at the same time at no extra cost to you. Just go to keylife.org slash Amazon Smile to get those details. How could how good was that hour with John Eldridge? Oh, that was yeah, awesome. I mean, and it was a, a, a joy to talk to him. I know, Zach, you had the uh, uh, Waking the Dead book that mm-hmm. connected with you. Yeah. The one for me was, was the original, was Wild at Heart. It's come out, next year will be 20 years. Wow. That book has been out it affected me so much at that time of my life. I was, I was getting married and I bought a copy for all of my groomsmen and all of our ushers, which was great for two reasons. One, um, I knew that I was being able to impart to them uh, a really great authentic biblical vision of manhood. And I was only about 20 bucks a guy, which is great. It's yeah. right. really the larger get was that uh, I skated through um, right. by seeing seeming uh, coming off as being super spiritual, which is great. I suspect that's the reason why they're doing this, um, you know, around the globe, you know, look at the, you know, the video thing and look, mm. looking at it because it's, because it's the 20th anniversary, you know, and they're looking for an opportunity to show how, you know, how the book has been really significant. Uh, it's worth lives, revisiting. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. I think it definitely, when that comes out, I think, we definitely would want to have him back. Yeah, it changed. It, I think it changed the conversation around that topic. Kathy, who will be our guest for next week? Ooh. Well, you know, we're starting to crawl out from crawl out from under the pandemic, um, and we're actually finding out that there are people out there than, and books being released. And um, uh, our friend Justin Holcomb, who works with us and helps so much on the internet, et cetera, recommended that we contact Dr. Harold Senkbile. And he has a book called The Care of Souls, which is not a new book. It actually, I believe, was released in 2018. But he said, um, and I always listen to what Justin says, so he said that it was really good. And um, so we'll look forward to doing that next week. That'd be great. Care of Souls? That feels Care of like, Souls. Uh, a good follow-up. Good yeah, follow-up. Extension of this conversation. And, and Steve Steve will be back next week? Steve will be back. He yeah. actually did show his face here today for a couple of minutes. He said he needed to get away from the house because everything was falling apart at the house. 
So he came here. I said, so you're going to come here and everything is going to fall apart here. But right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Like the key life, that just Zen center of calmness. and Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. And thank all of you guys again for making this another great show. Great topic, guys. I do hope you'll check out that book. Um, not kidding. It really is going to give you something to think about. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you next week. Same time same place hope you will join us then until then stay safe stay dangerous